Today we're going to talk about what do you think about your work? What do you think about your work? And whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, this is a, a critical topic. Because if you think about it, how much time we spend working typically is more time than we spend sleeping. We spend more time working than we spend eating. We actually spend more time working than we do with our families, unless you happen to be in a family business. Outside of that, we spend more time working than we do pretty much anything else. So more than likely, God has a whole lot to say, and not just more than likely, he does have a whole lot to say about our work, how we approach our work, and what we think about our work, because if we don't think the right things about our work, we won't approach our work the right way. Y'all don't seem too excited about talking about your work. <laughs> but it probably could be because maybe you're doing the wrong work. Or you have the wrong perspective about the work you're doing. Right? So we're going to talk about it and, and, and get into it. Um, again, I, I thank God just, again, for, for the opportunity to be here. Um, thank God uh, uh, for my wife, uh, Shanice. And she's been doing some work. Uh, she just released um, her, actually wrote her first book uh, that was released last month, uh, 12 Days of Battle. And I also thank God uh, for my daughter, Soraya, who's in the booth. So last week, on Monday, she celebrated her sweet 16. And, and on that day, in, instead of, she got, we had to go to school. on that day. Not to the principal's office, but she actually was um, elected to the National Honor Society on last Monday. So as a sophomore, so following in her daddy's footsteps, amen. No, she's, she's an incredible young lady, absolutely. So yeah, so we're gonna talk about work today. And, and, and it's probably an, an important thing uh, that we talk about work and just throw a couple of uh, numbers at you real quick. Uh, in the world of employment and human resources and employee development, right, in, in the secular sense of this, there's a term called, you probably have heard it called employee engagement. Right, it used to be called employee satisfaction, right? But now they call it employee engagement. So they define that as, um, an employee who believes in the business, who wants to improve their work and the work of those around them, and is willing to do what it takes to help the organization succeed, and is motivated by their leaders. Efficiency and enthusiasm are telltale traits of an engaged worker. They probably could have switched some of those words out and said, that's probably a good definition of an engaged kingdom citizen. Do you believe in the business of the kingdom? WKDC Radio, 123.4 Online, Villa Rica, Georgia, a Kingdom Dominion Church broadcast. Do you want to improve your work and the, the work of those around you? Right? Are you efficient and enthusiastic about what you're doing? If you can't answer yes to that about the, the kingdom, that's a problem. If you can't answer that about your church, that's a problem if you're not engaged, but I'll 
continue. So a survey basically says, uh, from an organization called Deloitte, 78% of today's business leaders rate employee engagement as one of their top concerns. There's almost four out of five leaders say employee engagement is really important. But check this number out. A different survey says 70% or seven out of every 10 US employees are not engaged, which means they don't believe in their business, they don't care about improving their own work or the work of those around them, they're not enthusiastic, they're not motivated, they're not efficient. If that describes you, don't raise your hand. Just smile on the inside and ask God to help you. Because we need some help in this area. Because again, if, if you do the calculations, if 75% of your life is connected to your work and you are not engaged, that's a problem. Because out of all the things that we have, out of all the things that we possess and have um, can, can acquire and accumulate, there is one thing that we cannot, and it is, it is impossible to get more of this one thing, and that's time. I don't care how much money you have, I don't care where you live, I don't care what side of the tracks you grew up in or what neighborhood that, that you grew up in or what family you were part of, you can't get any more time unless God's going to move a hand at a clock back. Outside of that, you can't not get any more time. And so if 75% of your life is connected to time related to your work, but you're not engaged in that, that's a problem. Which could be, again, why many people just connect that to depression and, and divorce and dysfunction and all these other things because people get up in the morning hating what they go do. And I call it kind of the Sunday night slog. You know what I'm talking about. You got excited on Friday afternoon. For those of you who, who this applies, I was excited on Friday afternoon, about 3.45, clock watching. Just inefficient from 12 on. I was there, but I wasn't there. Not me, some of y'all. Not, no, some of y'all's cousins, not, not y'all any here, right? I'm excited Friday afternoon. That clock is ticking. Headed home on Friday, got plans. Friday night, just got paid, right? Right, we gonna enjoy it. Saturday, we excited, got things to do. Come here for the women's Bible study if you're doing that. Got other activities, if you like ride motorcycle, whatever it is that you were excited about, kids activities, got excited on Saturday. Sunday, hopefully excited about church, hopefully engaged in church on Sunday, hopefully. Amen. Excited about Sunday, right? At least get to see people that you like, go out to eat on Sunday afternoon. If you like watching the game in the afternoon, right, or doing whatever you do in the afternoon, until about four or five and six o'clock. Because then your mind starts flipping over to Monday morning. And it's like a, a, a depression <laughs> tries to creep in. <laughs> because there's dread, for those to whom this applies, that what is coming, Monday morning is coming. But it's interesting that if you look at the five out of the seven days of the week, involves your work. Five out of seven. You're listening, you're listening to WKDC Radio, helping you find your place in the kingdom. Monday, Tuesday, and we even named Wednesday on the way to Friday called Hump Day, because we got over the hump. Not enjoying each day as a gift, but as a countdown to 
Friday. Tuesday gets us one day closer to Friday. Not another opportunity to honor God, per se, but just we're closer to Friday. Wednesday, we're over the hump, getting closer to Friday. And here comes Thursday, and all of a sudden Friday shows up. And for some, they're already thinking about Monday. Can't even enjoy the weekend for some of you, because you're worried about what's waiting for you when you get back to work on Monday. Am I talking to anybody in the room? So why is work important to God? Because actually in the book of Genesis, and we're going to go there now, Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And just for the sake of the, the context of this, kind of fast forwarding, when Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, when, and actually Dr. Cassie talked about this a little bit last week, and, and God said, you know, the, the ground is cursed. One of the things that was not part of that curse, work wasn't cursed. Working of itself wasn't cursed. Right? It was the process of abundance that was now hindered. So if we go to chapter 2, we're going to see the beginning of what that process looked like. So verse 1 says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his what? So God works. So God wouldn't curse something that he does. Right? So, so he, he finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because God rested from all his that he had done in creation. Mentioned working three times in two verses. And then it says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, which is actually the work God, God was doing. So he's still talking about work. In the day that the Lord made his work, the heavens and the earth, or the earth and the heavens. And then it says, when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field has sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to do what? Work the ground. So one of the first things, based on that scripture, that God was thinking about for man was to work. How could that be? He created us to worship him. He created us to love him. Just to be in his presence. But could it be that being in his presence, part of it is to work? Write down this word. Avoda. A. V-O-D-A-H. A-V-O-D-A-H. This is a Hebrew noun in the Bible that has two distinct meanings. The first is worship. The second is work. So work and worship literally come from the same root word in Hebrew. Avodah.